Thank you for downloading this sermon from Heritage Baptist Church. We are so glad that you did. We believe that biblically faithful, Christ-centered, God-glorifying local churches are the primary means that God has chosen to expand His kingdom. If you are part of such a church, we hope that this message will supplement your spiritual diet. If you aren't yet part of such a church, we would love for you to visit us. For more details, please check out our website www.heritagebaptist.co.za Good evening. It is a privilege once again to be afforded the opportunity to come and share from God's word with you this evening. I missed all the hustles that we're having with the power. I hope, you know, if even if you're not able to see me, hopefully you are still able to share me. Uh, we are continuing in our series uh, as a church in the evening services, looking at the one another commands as they are found throughout the scriptures. It is estimated that there are about 50 such commands within the Bible. We've looked at a couple of these already. We've looked at how uh, we ought to be forgiving one another as Christians. Last week, we looked at how we ought to be loving one another. And this evening we'll be looking at the command on how to serve one another, or the command to serve one another. And so let us please ask the Lord now to help us before we consider our text for the evening. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come and sit under the teaching of your word, Father, that we have not been deterred and, Father, prevented by the challenges of power. And we pray that, Lord, even, Father, as we sit here, that you may come and help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Use your word, Father, to teach. Use your word to reprove. Use your word to correct and to train in righteousness. I ask, Father, that you may grant me grace now, Lord, Father, that I may faithfully put forth your word in a way that brings glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our text this evening is found in the book of First Peter, chapter 4, and we'll be looking at verse 10. It reads as follows. As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As I mentioned that as a, as a series in the evening services we've been going through, looking at the commands that talk to us about loving one or the one another commands that are found throughout the scriptures. And these commandments are really focused on our have to do with what normal life looks like or healthy Christian living looks like. You know, we are saved together here and we are body together, but what does the life of a healthy church look like? How do we relate to one another? And that's where these one another commands come in. They are showing us how to walk with each other in a way that shows that indeed we are God's chosen people, that indeed we have been saved by Christ and that he is the head of us as a church. And so these commands are really helpful in that way, just helping us to see what our day-to-day work looks like as Christians. And so as I mentioned this evening, we're looking at the command to serve one another. And this is the command to be each other's servants, you know, that we ought to give of ourselves for the sake of our brothers and sisters in the church. And the word used there, serve one another, it's the word that means to serve or to minister. 
You know, we are to minister to each other's needs. We are to come along each, alongside each other very practically, caring for one another, and really just coming almost as a waiter in service to each other. And the word serve that's used there in verse 10 has its root or its origin from the word diakonos, or the word that means deacon. You know, the word that really talks about one who is actively serving. You know, here we are not commanded to serve one another passively but it is a command to actively serve one another. Literally, the word diagonals, or the, the word from which the word to serve comes from, means to kick up the dust. And I understand that this is a, a phrase that we might be lost on a lot of us here. You know, we, we live here in Joburg where the streets are tarred, the, the sidewalks are paved, the yards are full of lawn, and so for you to really be exposed to dust, you, you need to go out of your way. You know, but if you imagine, I don't know if you've ever been exposed to the more rural parts of our country. You know, sometimes you go there to a wedding, and there are people there serving, there are people laboring, there are people walking about, going up and down, doing various things. And as they do that, you see them kicking the dust. That's what, you are busy, you are active, you're not sitting still. Your shoes aren't clean. And this is the, the, what this word here means when we are commanded to serve one another. That's what we're looking at. To be actively engaged in the service of serving one another and ministering to each other's needs. And so this evening here in our, our text in verse 10 of chapter 4 of 1 Peter, he commands us here to serve one another, to use the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. And I want us to look at the text this evening in, in three ways. Firstly, I want us to look at the motivation or, or the fuel that is going to help us in order to serve one another. And then secondly, I want us to look at the means or tools that we've been given by the Lord in this work of serving one another. And then thirdly, I want us to look at how we ought to be serving one another, the manner in which we ought to be coming alongside each other as we serve one another. And so firstly, looking at the motivation. What is the fuel? What pushes us to serve one another, as Peter says here, that we ought to be serving one another. We find the answer earlier on in the chapter, starting in verse 7. Listen to what Peter says in verse 7 of the same chapter. He says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And he continues on into verse 9 and says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then verse 10, which is our text, he says, As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And so we see here that Peter is writing to this church and he's saying to them, as you are anchored in your faith, as you are established in your faith as, as people of Jesus Christ, in these end times, as the, the end times are inside, as we are thinking about the, the end that is coming, what ought we to be doing? He says, above all, keep loving one another. The command here is to love one another. And I think as we're looking at the one another commands, it has been brought up that the overarching command is the command to love one another. This is from the command from which all the other commands stem. You know, and so here we see Peter is saying to the church that they ought to keep loving one another. And how should they do that? Verse 9, he tells them that they show love for one another by showing hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, they're expressing their love to one another by showing hospitality without grumbling. And our brother G helped me, took us through that a while back, a few weeks back, and you can go listen to that sermon where he expounded on what it means to show hospitality to one another. 
But the second way that Peter here shows us that we can love one another is that we can use our gifts to serve one another. So serving one another and using our gifts to serve one, to serve one another is an outpouring out of us loving each other. If we do not love one another, then we do not have the fuel that we need to tirelessly give of ourselves for the sake of our brothers and sisters in the church. It is only once we have loved each other, once we have shown each other the love that we also receive from Christ, that we'll be able to come alongside each other in this way. And so again, this is a series we are going through, and last week, Jesus helpfully took us through what it means to love one another. And I would encourage you, if you missed that sermon, to go and listen to it. For he helpfully showed us what that means. What does it mean when you are commanded to love another? What kind of love is this? But this evening, we are limiting to our attention to the command to serve one another. But we, we, we cannot move on to that without first acknowledging that it overflows. It comes out of us loving one another. So if we do not have love one for another, we will not be able to use our gifts to serve one another as Peter commands us to do here this evening. But then secondly, what means or tools are we given in this command to serve one another? And we see that in our text, starting in verse 10, Peter says, as each has received a gift, we have been gifted, we have been equipped, we have been given the tools, we have what we need to be able to serve one another. So if our point of departure is that we love each other, God gives us the means we need, he gives us the tools we need to be able to serve each other. And each of us has been given a gift, as he says there, as each has received a gift. Therefore, no one can sit here with an excuse for why they are not serving the others within the community. For each has received a gift for service. Each has been equipped for service. And the word gift that's used there, the, the theologians or the Bible translators define it as a grace gift. It's unmerited. God does not give us these gifts because we've done certain things. These gifts are given to us freely. God graciously comes alongside us believers and equips us without merit. In the same way that we are saved by grace, in this way also we are equipped, we are gifted by grace. God gives us gifts for us to be able to serve one another without merit. And that is how God's economy of grace works. We, we are familiar with our kind of economy where the currency is effort and merit. You, know, you are given things because you've put in something. You are given things because you've earned, you proved yourself that you are worthy to receive something. But in God's economy of grace, he gives us things freely. He, he graciously bestows us with gifts. And in this way, we have been given gifts. The Lord does not look out into the world and say, you know, I need a powerful preacher in my church. Let me look for a sinner who's eloquent. Let me look for a sinner who's well-spoken and save him and bring him to my church so that he can be used. But what does the Lord do? The Lord saves whoever he chooses. And once they are saved, he equips them for service. He gives them the gifts that they need for service. And so this evening, we should not be thinking of ourselves and saying, I, I don't have things. I've got nothing to give. No, that is not true. We have been equipped. Does Paul not say to the Corinthian church uh, in First Corinthians uh, verse 26, he says to them these words, that not many of them were wise according to the standards of the world, that not many of them were, were powerful or not many of them were of noble birth. We come to God just as we are. 
You know, we don't have to go prove ourselves, attain a certain level of competency before we come into the kingdom of God. We come as we are, and God gives us gifts. He equips us for service. And I want us to understand that, again, that is how God's economy works. You know? we, it, it's not like in the world where I don't know how many people have had the, the, the privilege or rather maybe misfortune of participating in a team sport where team leaders are chosen and they now need to decide who's going to be part of their team. You know, if it's a soccer game, someone is thinking, you know, I need a striker, I need a goalie, I need whatever the positions are. And so people have been chosen because of what they bring to the table. They have been included into the team because of the cap- capabilities that they have. And so maybe you're not even a soccer person. You know, it could be another game that you're playing 30 seconds. You know, there are people picking their teams. And what do they think about? You know, who here is well-versed in, in entertainment? Who here knows music, knows pop culture, knows celebrities? Who here is well-traveled, knows geography, knows the capital cities? People are included based on that. But in God's economy, we come as we are. We are not included here because we we have things to offer. But God takes us as we are and then he equips us for service. He gives us gifts. As we see there in verse 10, as Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. And so God gives us these gifts that we may employ them in the service of the saints. And so then you might then be asking, okay, we are equipped with gifts, but what are these gifts? What are these tools that the Lord gives us? What are some examples of these gifts that we are equipped with as as believers? And so there are lists throughout the Bible that list these gifts, but this evening I want us to limit our attention to two lists. One is in Romans 12, and the other one is in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start with the one in Romans 12, looking at verses 6 to 7. So Romans 12, verses 6 to 7. Listen to what Paul says there in verse 6. He says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Then he continues, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Those are examples of some of the gifts that were given. And we can see what's listed there. There's prophecy that's listed, and then there's service. Just serving is a, a, a gift and equipping and a tool that the Lord gives us. There's teaching, there's exhorting one another, there's contributing, there's leading, and there's also acts of mercy. And the list in, in 1 Corinthians 12 is similar to this one, just repeats some of the items but also includes additional ones. So in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 27, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. And so this evening, I just want to caveat and say that we are not doing a treatise on what are the spiritual gifts, what are the gifts that the Lord gives the church, which ones are continuing and which ones are not. If you, you, you want more understanding on that, Pastor Mike did a sermon on that that so helpfully distinguished between the different kinds of gifts and how we ought to be using them. So I encourage you to go listen to that. This evening our focus is on the fact that God gives us gifts and we have to use those gifts to serve one another. 
And so we do not then need to get into a debate around oh, which of these gifts are continuing. Because there are gifts there that clearly are here today. You know, there's, there's the gift of helping. You know, being useful. Asking, what can I do? Where can I plug in? What can I be doing to be helpful to God's people because I am in this church? There's the gift of administration that's also given them. So as we look at this list, we see that these are the tools, these are the roles that we as believers, we as members of Christ's body ought to be performing. These are the roles we have to be playing. And I want to challenge you this evening, Heritage Baptists, especially those who are members, that we, we, we need to move away from this mentality where we think that you know, there is the church and then there is me. Even though I am a member, there is the church and there are the people in the church that do things, but I am here, I come and I receive and I go home. You know, if I see a need, there's something there, I, I don't think that I'm the one who ought to be doing it. You know, I'm leaving church, there's a chair sitting outside under the tree. I'm like, they will take it in. I don't know who they is, but I want to say to you this evening, they is you. You are a member of this church, and therefore equally you ought to be employed in the service of the people of this church. And I like how Paul here, you know, he starts off with apostles and prophets, and you think, like, you know, that definitely doesn't include me. And then as he goes down the list, he throws in helping. Just being useful, you know, putting your hands to work, putting your feet to work. As we looked at that definition of the word diaconos, being a servant, kicking up the dust, the dust, being active, not sitting down and waiting to be served, but looking out for opportunities. Where can I be serving? What can I be doing? And how can I be helpful within the church? And we need to be aware that you know, not all opportunities to serve in the church are glamorous. You know, not everyone is going to get to stand up here in front of being the music team. You know, not everyone is going to be in the welcome team. Some acts of service are in the background. No one sees, but we still go and serve. We are still useful for those things. We are saving the church and we are benefiting the body of Christ. And so again, let us listen to Peter as he says, use your gifts to serve one another. And so those are some of the examples that are there. But the point here, the takeaway is that we have to be useful. We have to be actively working within the body. And our third point has to do with how do we use these gifts as we serve one another? How do we employ the gifts? You know, we've seen our, the motivation for service, that it is an outflow of loving one another. We've seen examples of the gifts that, the, that God, through the Holy Spirit, equips the church with. But now, once we have been equipped with these gifts, how do we use them? How ought we to be employed? In what manner do we use these gifts? And uh, there are five points I want us to look at as we think about how we have to be using these gifts. And the first one is that we ought to be serving in humility. We ought not to think of ourselves as as certain things being bigger than us. We have to be willing to make ourselves small for the sake of serving others. You know, we, we all have roles and things that we do out there in the world. There's a certain level of respect that you get outside. That does not get brought into the church to say that, you know, I'm a boss at work, therefore I'm not picking up a chair. When we are here, we serve one another. We humble ourselves. We are willing to make ourselves small for the sake of serving the body. And what a great example of this kind of service to be have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, you know, as Paul tells us in Philippians, listen to what he says in Philippians 2, verses 3 to 7. 
He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. He continues, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Christ emptied himself. He took on the form of man. And so as we come alongside each other in the church to serve each other, we should not then refuse to humble ourselves and serve each other in whatever way that the Lord calls us to serve. We don't look at the opportunities to serve and rent them and say, which one fits with my status in society? Which one fits with the kind of person I think myself to be? But we come alongside each other and serve each other. And included in there is that we also ought not to be boasting as we think of the gifts that we have. We ought not to see how God has equipped us and think more highly of ourselves because of the gifts. We ought not to, to, to think, you know, uh, the, the, the role I play in the church is more prominent. Therefore, I am better than the other people in the church. We cannot be boasting because why? These gifts we have are a free gift from God. We did not build ourselves up to be where we are. In whatever way the Lord has equipped you, it is a free gift of grace. And therefore, there is no reason for us to boast. For what does Paul say in, in, in 1 Corinthians? He says, what do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So there is no occasion for boasting here. We all humble each other and come alongside each other in service. Secondly, in thinking about how we apply or how we use these gifts, in what manner are we, are we going to use our gifts to serve one another? We ought to serve each other with grace. We ought to serve each other without showing partiality. We don't look around the church and say, this one is deserving of my service. These people, because I'm closest to them, they deserve to be served by me. But those ones, no. We don't look around and say, who is worthy of my service? But in the same way that God has by his grace given us the gifts, we also, without considering merit, go and use those gifts in the service of others. James, in teaching about partiality, says these words in James 2, verse 8 to 9. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and you are convicted by the law as a transgressor. He says, if you show partiality, it is a sinful thing. It is a wicked thing before the Lord to look around and choose how we use our gifts according to what we think is, is the standard that people are waiting to receive service from us. God, sorry, God gives us gifts and we use these gifts in a gracious manner, freely. We just offer them up to wherever the needs are. We don't weigh up people and say, that one I will serve, but you I will not. And then thirdly, we ought to give of ourselves sacrificially as we serve one another. Serving each other is not an easy thing. It's hard. You know, it requires us to sacrifice. It requires us to give up things, to give up comforts, you know, to go out of our way, to inconvenience ourselves. And so we ought then be willing to come alongside each other sacrificially, be willing to sacrifice for the sake of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And I think sometimes when we, you know, we are saved and we hear the call when Christ says, you know, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We think easy life, you know. Christ says, come to me and your life shall be nice and easy. That is not what he's saying. You know? He's not saying, and we see that in scripture and in many other places, and the reality of our lives is that that is not true. You know, our lives aren't easy, but I also want us to see here that even in our service of one another, that is not an easy thing. But the yoke is easy and the burden is light because God comes alongside us. He gives us the grace we need to be able to sacrificially give of ourselves, to sacrificially serve one another in ways that are very inconvenient. You know, just going out of your way in order that someone in the church may, be, may feel loved by God. Remember the command to serve one another overflows out of the command to love one another. So let us again use what God has given us to love others by saving them that they may experience the love of God. And then fourthly, we are to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As we see there in our text in verse 10 of 1 Peter, he says that as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given us gifts and we have to be good stewards of these gifts. We don't take what God has given us and not, not deploy it into service. No. God gives you the ability and the means to serve, but then you take that and you sit on it. That is not what we are commanded to do here. For Peter tells us that we have to be good stewards of what God has given us. We ought to be responsible. No. The Lord Jesus Christ in the parable of the talents he says the master will say to, to know that lazy servant, the one who didn't do anything. What does the master say to him? He says, you wicked and slothful servant. He, he doesn't only call him lazy, he calls him wicked. You know, not using the gifts that God has given us to serve one another is not only laziness, but it's also wickedness. For God has given us means. He wants us to use the means he's given us to serve the body, to show love to the body. But if we take that and we sit on it and we don't use it to serve one another, that is a wicked thing. We are depriving people of the grace that God is making available to them. And so let us be good stewards of what God has given us. Let us use this varied grace. And I like that as Peter says that, that we are good stewards of God's varied grace. And again, here, we're looking at the command to serve one another. We're not really going into the spiritual gifts. But it's important for us to know that these gifts that were given are varied. They are very different. Each of us has been equipped in a different way. And therefore, each of us has a role to play. You know, but elsewhere in the scriptures, John rather uses, so the Apostle Paul rather, uses the language of, of a body, showing how we're all members of one another, we're all members of a body, and how and we know as we look at our own bodies that each one has a role to play. And so if you are the eye, but you decide not to perform your function, will then not the body walk into a wall? And so again, if we have gifts, let us be good stewards of those gifts and use them in the service of each other. And then our fifth point in terms of how ought we to be using these gifts in the service of each other is that we must use them to serve each other in the strength that God commands, in the strength that God provides. And we see this as we continue in our text going on to verse 11. So in 1 Peter 4, verse 11, Peter says these words, Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, 
Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. We ought to be relying on God to give us the strength. And so even now, I'm sure as we're going through these things, it can sound like a daunting task. It sounds like a big task to do. Saving one another is not an easy thing. But here we are encouraged to look to God for strength. We do not boast for we know that the strength comes from the Lord. But that also tells us that we ought to ask God for the strength. We ought to go to God and say, help me to be useful within your kingdom. Give me what I need. I need strength to do this thing. It is hard, but help me to do it and to do it with cheerfulness. As we were talking about here, that the the word to serve each other means to give of ourselves, almost to make a slave of yourself for the sake of others. And we do this not begrudgingly, but we willingly give of ourselves because this is an outpouring of the love that we have for the saints. And so we see here in our text that, you know, he tells us here that we, the one who serves must serve by the strength that God provides. So go to God and ask him to help you to serve. If whatever things that have been holding you back, you know, if whatever things that have been causing you to hesitate, whatever things that have been preventing you to serve, take those to the Lord that he may free you of those burdens and equip you to be able to be an active serving member of the church. And now as we come to a close, I want us to, to see here that you know, this grace that we're talking about, for ultimately it is by grace that we're given gifts. And we also use them graciously in saving one another. But this grace here is aimed at those who are born of God. This grace is aimed at those who are trusting in Jesus for their Lord and Savior. So I want to say here this morning, you know, this evening rather, you might be sitting here and all these things are falling to you. You're like, okay, I, what's going on? Why should I be doing all these things? And I want to say to you this evening that you know, if these things are, are foreign to you and you have not yet bowed the knee to Christ, I want you to know that this grace, the grace of God is also available to you. Not yet in this way will you be equipped for service, but there is also grace of God in leading to salvation. For we are told, Paul tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. It is by the grace of God that we are saved. And so if you do see your own shortcomings, as we are talking through these things, if you, the shortcomings of your heart are exposed and you see your need for a savior, I want you to know this evening that there is grace that saves. Just like the believers here are equipped and strengthened by grace, there is grace that pulls you out of that life where you are enslaved to sin, you are enslaved to the ways of the world, and that the Lord pulls you out and equips you, and he saves you and creates you anew. And it is only once that has happened that you can then be equipped to come and serve each other within the church. For the one another commands are for those who are covenanting together here, those who are part of the body of Christ. And that is why it's important, again, for those of us who do believe, to think of it that way, you know, that we have covenanted together. We are together members of one body. And therefore, we have to be loving one another as we are commanded here by Peter and expressing that love in us serving one another. And so, in closing, I want us again to just listen to the command again that Peter gives us in verse 10. He says, as each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another. So as each has received the gift, let us use our gifts in the service of each other. Amen. Let's pray.
Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you may help us to serve each other. Help us, Lord, to come alongside each other in a way that the watching world may see our love one for another and know that indeed we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Equip us, Father, with what we need. Help us to come alongside each other in service and to be willing to give of ourselves just as our Lord gave of himself for our sake. We pray for all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we're going to close uh, with a hymn. So if you're able to please stand as we sing our closing hymn.